welcome to this special video edition of Beyond the Ordinary Show with one of my favorite people in the world and someone who shares such a big heart. And every time that I connect with Joe Relay Feeler, it's just that expansion happens. And I know that's not just for me exclusively. So many people who have aligned with Jill's wisdom and teachings and what she shares online and in-person events um, feel a similar vibration from Jill as well. And so I, anyone who's new to Jill's work, and if you're not familiar with it, sit back and allow yourself to receive this graciousness and perhaps share in the same type of experience that I personally have shared it, that I know other people that I'm close to have shared in as well as we open up this dialogue and go deeper into feeling your light and diving into false reincarnation programs of Jill tonight. So let me tell you a little bit about Jill and also a brief description of what we're going to open today and expose. And then for some reason with you, Jill, I want to use the word expose today and bring light into. So Jill Renee Feeler invites us into not just another dimension of ourselves, but into another spectrum of our humanity. She is boldly setting the stage for 21st century spirituality, ushering in a way for being divine while also being wholly human. She embodies awareness, wisdom, and unconditional love that turn present-day spiritual teachings on her head. Jill offers her audience and our audience and clients clear, game-changing tools for bypassing the limitations of this age, for connecting directly to your eternal energy field and your inherent sovereignty. And as a rising star in personal growth industry, published author, unforgettable speaker, and top-rated intuitive, her fresh ideas come to life and awaken the soul for even the most advanced spiritual seeker. Now, what we're going to go through today and deepen into with Jill is like through her partnership with the goddess Isis and other members of her eternal self, Jill takes us into new levels of life. Wisdom and truth of each visit to Beyond the Ordinary. She regularly turns widely held spiritual teachings on their heads to reveal the upgraded sacred wisdom we've been bringing and ready to bring in. Jill will be here this time to help us further set our light free, not making our enlightenment an endless quest of seeking, clearing, and devoted practice. Jill reminds us the light isn't what we connect to. The light is what we are. Wow. So she will also help rip off the veil. And I love that. Rip off the veil that has been protecting false reincarnation programs into this reality, setting us free, not just from within ourselves, but also in the afterlife into being the light that we are. So prepare to be liberated as Jill does not sugarcoat anything. She beckons the soulful mastery that you brought with you into this reality. So she really asked you to up your game and her approach is refreshing, mind blowing and bending and myth destroying also while being fun and very loving. And it's with that Jill that I want to welcome you to today's show. Thank you for being here. I have goosebumps. I love to be with you, John. <laughs> our energy, our, our brother and sister, so full and cosmic energy complements each other so well. And sometimes I actually go back and listen to our interviews and I'm in awe of what we did together. <laughs> so I'm very excited for, <coughs> for whatever we're going to, uh, to create today. So you have some amazing experiences connecting with different guides and I don't even want to call them guides anymore. Mm. Um, 
connecting with these anchors of love that's accessible to all of us, but somehow you've got this clear connection Mm. and the different frequencies of love that are available come through them. And specifically, you're getting information now about freeing our lives and also, again, these false reincarnation programs. What information are you getting and who's giving to you about this particular topic? Okay. Um, there, for, for various reasons, the way that I connect to that eternal light, it is very sort of personality-based. So I can feel the distinction between Archangel Gabriel and Yeshua and Mary Magdalene and Goddess Isis. And I don't think I could begin to describe how I do that. I just know that it's sort of like somebody that has a wonderful palette and uh, oral palette, and they can tell like rosemary from thyme, and they can do, you know, blind taste tests of different seasonings. They just, they just can. Um, so for some reason I have that, I love it that I have that, but I don't want anyone to feel uh, incomplete if they don't have that, right? I still enjoy food and I don't have a, a master level palette like some rare chefs do, right? Um, so I just wanted to start it off, start off by kind of offering that, but there are, there are advantages that for those that do partner with me or hang out with me through my work and maybe in person too, hopefully (laughs) that I didn't come into my gifts by being a lifelong seeker. I didn't, I didn't journey into spirituality because I was trying to heal pain I didn't journey into spirituality because I was fascinated about past lives or, or not wanting to come back to this reality, right? There are so many reasons why people begin their sort of enlightenment journey. And even from the initiation of me uh, sort of going, oh, there's something more than my five human senses, which I didn't really consciously as Jill think about until my late 30s. Um, I, I can see that I offer really fresh perspective because I didn't go through the same initiations that most people did. Um, whether it's a series of books that people have read or different teachers or teachings that people have worked through, I'm not well versed in probably 99% of what most people are well versed in. So that can be disconcerting to some because they're assuming that I think because of my giftedness and because of what I offer that obviously I would have come into my gifts through the same sort of routes and channels that they would have, right? So then when they find that they disagree with me, for some people it's like, oh wait, you don't believe we create our own reality? Oh wait, you don't believe that the abundance that you have in your life, you manifested it? I mean, I'm just like, no, no, (laughs) no. (laughs) Um, So there's a freshness that I offer because I'm not tied to some of those baseline this is true for everybody, this you have to know before you can move forward. It's kind of like I found us, I cre- found, <laughs> Isis just laughed at me, she said found, <laughs> and she said, how about created? I created a side door <laughs> into the ascension protocol and into the inner light that's the source and root of all life. That is the grid system that connects us to source creator God energy. So that side door entry was was. I want to say um, unfairly simple, (laughs) unfairly quick. And it brought me to it. It's just very, it's very different how I embody the light. 
Um, and I love choices. So if you, if you know, if you meet somebody that went through the normal kind of progression, and then you meet somebody that sort of snuck in through a side door that they actually created, you're going to get a very different experience with them. Um, so I don't, I'm into enlightenment without suffering is sort of a, a tagline that popped up in a conversation with a, with a friend slash client slash fellow practitioner. Um, I love the idea that you can be the light within and not have to have suffered or, or it's not, it's not that we won't suffer, but it's not, we don't need to suffer to get to the light of source that we are. So setting that context, um, I, I mean, the access that I have in terms of the source energy vibration and what I mean by that is a version of source energy that, that loves and respects me and loves and respects all life. Okay, that's how I know when I'm at the, the source level energy versus something else that's another sort of in-between state where there can be more distortions, more confusion, and a lot of misinformation, and even to the point of being deceptive and lies. So that is my hallmark that for some reason I knew I was looking for at the very beginning of my connecting when I was 39 years old and didn't even really know what I was doing, but it felt like riding a bike like I'd never not done this. Um, so at some point along the way in my journey, John, it became clear to me through client work, through private session work, uh, when somebody was wanting to connect with maybe, um, you know, maybe they're a widow and they lost their spouse and they wanted to connect with them. The version of information that I was getting from them and the version of, of them, their energy field that I was receiving was very different than the client had been expecting. Um, and it sort of surprised me too. some of the, the clarity and the love and the um, comfort that was offered from the source energy. But it also wasn't uh, sugarcoated. It was sometimes what they didn't want to hear. Um, but it also I, I felt the relief of the client like, okay, that feels like something, you know, my, <laughs> my late husband would say or something like that. So there's a refreshing honesty that I, I feel like it's my job to be authentic with what I'm giving you. I, I almost want to say but, but it's not really a but, but I'll say it as a but anyway. But sometimes as I was tapping into the source energy, what I was being shown I could tell would not be well received and would not be popular. Um, and I could see this sort of well-oiled machine of spirituality and enlightenment, which is, you know, you do your past life research, you figure out where your karmic debts are, you clear that karma, you clear your energy field, you devotedly seek your enlightenment, and then maybe you'll be better off in the next life than you were in the previous life, or maybe you'll do so great, you won't even, you know, you'll be able to get out of here and not incarnate again. That, that's a very well-designed system, but it was designed on Earth. It's not, source, it's not a source energy truth. Um, and the, it's, it's sort of frustrating to me how um, that, that false system is sort of sneaks in to people's truths and belief systems in ways that they don't even recognize or realize. So when I offer this completely different perspective of what human life is, why we're here, and why we would never have need, needed to be here, and why we would n never need to come back, there's 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 sort of a, wait a minute, what? <laughs> you know, like, how do I reconcile that with everything else I'm working on? And I'm like, well, you're, ideally, your light isn't something you work on. 
You work on your car, <laughs> you know, you work on your muscle strength, <laughs> but working on being your light isn't a, a job requirement for being human. Ooh, <laughs> that felt really big right there. <laughs> Did you feel it too? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I like that. Okay. Nice job, Isis. Thank you. Um, so this sense of freedom and true liberation to be our humanness and be our light and not be tied to this idea of this reincarnation wheel for a soul's evolution or progress. Um, really, as I got more clear that, no, that it, the whole, the whole reincarnation system is, is just jacked up. Um, and I was uncomfortable for probably a couple of years about, I wasn't holding back on the information, but I was very sensitive about how we were going to offer what, what, what was the truth so that there could be some sort of baton passing within the human energy field of, well, if that's not true, then what is, right? And I, I'm glad we took that time because while I was doing a lot of other, you know, courses and things like that, what I now realize is that the, the baton passes to the idea that your soul was never not evolved. So since your soul was, was never unascended, was never not ascended, it wouldn't need to come to earth to grow and figure out lessons and, and fix things from a so-called past life. So that freedom keeps going. And even since you and I last spoke, which was February, by the way, I thought it was like November last year when we last did that interview. Time has really been marching along in a, in a rapid pace. And I was like, God, that was February. Okay. Okay. So we really have been amping things up since even February. Um, and when I now realized, and it was from a workshop that I held in my hometown of Boise, Idaho in April, we had a two day channeled event and they went to the next level of specificity related to the afterlife, related to the not only the importance of, of God's grace, of source grace, but the the missed gift that grace is. We're trying, it's almost like it's almost like in some ways the Christian dogma of you, you know, they they say you don't need to earn your your you know route to heaven and you can't earn it, but they sure act, a lot of them sure act like you have to earn it. And it's really not that different in a lot of spiritual communities where we say we're all good and it's all love and light, we're all one and all these things. But then there's a lot of sort of the duck paddling really <laughs> fiercely underneath the water, but trying to act all chill, like I'm all in line, I'm good, I'm high vibe, <laughs> you know. But there's so much unnecessary effort, unnecessary expense, unnecessary time spent on claiming and further aligning with not the light that you're trying to be or the light that you want to connect to, but like you said in the intro and the copy that we provided, the light that you are and that you never were not. So there's a whole bunch of this sort of the hands coming together and the, the you know, the, to hold the light that we are in our humanness that the more I, I commit myself to this sort of these unpopular you know, conversations of the afterlife. And that contradicts with, I think, every near-death experience I've ever heard about. And I haven't done my research on those because, again, I came in through the side door. <laughs> um, but it's just like, wow, there's a lot of misinformation here. So my job is to share what I know and what I'm shown. And then it's the receiver's job to decide whether they, which, you know, which truth they want to run with or not. 
Um, but I do feel good about the clarity and the honesty, even though it can be really uncomfortable to hear some of these things. Um, we deserve to know the truth. Absolutely. Well, I think what you're speaking about just, it speaks so much to what I've been feeling in the field, Jill. Mm -hmm. And again, my own personal experience of, of letting go of things that I knew of and my body even responding to the whole thing about embodiment is our body's Mm -hmm. wisdom also that carries an alignment with that balance of truth. Mm -hmm. Again, from that divinity that is always here within us, but we get into this place of spiritual materialism and accumulating mm-hmm. knowledge and and having this dispensary of tools that we can use to get to this place. And the body is also showing us like, oh, wait, it's time for you to step back and just be and remember where it is that you are. Remember that space within you. Remember that connection and the efforting doesn't work. The efforting is only causing more suffering. The eff- efforting is only causing more of the body breakdown if we allow it to continue. So I just feel like we're being spoken to from so many different directions to bring us back to the self-awareness of that light that we are. Yes, the truth of the light that we are. I love what you added right there, John. And it it and you. I think this is maybe said another way. What you it's maybe saying another way. What you said. When we run into maybe pain or disappointment and we're on our enlightenment journey, there's this sense of personal persecution of, oh, I must be doing it wrong because I shouldn't be in pain anymore. Things should all go my way here in this reality. So that's hard on our bodies when we're not, and here we're going to go into that grace part that we, that we do so, so much more deeply in the special offer that we'll talk about later, but let's just get to it here too. The grace is the part that you can say to yourself, okay, that hurt, or okay, this is harder than I wanted it to be, or this, this project I wanted to just be wildly successful uh, isn't, isn't what I was told or isn't what I was feeling. So, okay, let me give myself a hug. That doesn't mean I did it wrong, right? So we can really give ourselves the grace and the love and the comfort that I know our eternal selves are really clamoring to give us, but it's almost like we block it because we have this completely distorted view of what light should feel and look like on earth. And it's just, it's so sad because it makes things so much harder and it's already hard here. List some of the distorted views that you see us carrying. That, that would be wonderful. Of great perspective okay. For yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's pick some very popular examples. <laughs> okay. So one of the main distortions is that in, if we are I want to say connecting correctly to the light that we are, right? That we, all our relationships will be like fruitful and effortless, right? Um, That's one huge distortion because just because you've changed and this is going to, this is going to turn the truth upside uh, or false belief upside down, right? Just because you've changed, the world does not respond to your changed state, it's, it can be indifferent or obstinate about the fact that you've grown or you've evolved or you've changed. So there was a lie there was, that was told over and over and over again that, well, all you have to do is change yourself and then your whole world will change. And it's like, okay, then maybe I must be doing it wrong because I changed a hell of a lot and this is still here and that's still there. And I got these new, new, <laughs> new problems cropping up in this area. So that's probably a big one. Um, another huge distortion 
is that your spirituality and your enlightenment progress requires your full attention of your life, that you should drop everything else. And the only thing that matters is the light that you are. Um, so that's a, that's a problem, right? There's a lot of non-spirit sort of base relationships that we have. Maybe it's with our parents if they're still alive um, or our children, no matter, <coughs> no matter what ages they are, neighbors, right? We sort of have cocooned ourselves in a lot of ways in these spiritual bubbles of, well, that, if they're not spiritual, then I don't want to have anything to do with it. And that's really a, a, a big missed opportunity on a part of life here that doesn't have to be dedicated to, to spirituality, yeah. right? Sometimes an ice cream is just to enjoy an ice cream. Sometimes a movie is just because the cinematography is so impressive and amazing, even if it doesn't have a message, <laughs> you know? Um, so that's a big one. And then another one, and let me just go back and get this because I felt like they handed it to me and then I, I need to go back and get it. It was a good one. Oh, yeah, not trusting yourself. So forgetting that, well, forgetting or, or just not accepting that everyone is doing the best they can with what they know. Everybody. So this harshness that we have on ourselves, we also have a harshness towards other people um, that is really unproductive. It's not making a difference to be, you know, disappointed in somebody or angry at somebody or whatever. It's not it's not moving things like we think it should be. So this sense of, of grace that we offer everyone and offer ourselves that, well, maybe we're all just doing the best we can with what we know. And maybe this problem or this challenge that I'm facing or that so-and-so is having with something, maybe to their eternal self, it's not even something they need to fix. So is it ideal? No. Could it be better? Yes. Is it going to get better? Maybe not. Maybe I can accept the fact that that will just be that way, potentially my whole life or their whole life, right? Okay, so those are three. Let me, and yeah, <laughs> Metatron's like, let me help with this one. Okay, I, I want one from Metatron. Oversimplification. Oh, ho, ho, that's good. Woo! Earth, and I'm just going to let him uh, uh, say this. Earth is richly complex and this temptation to oversimplify choices that are made um, outcomes that happen intentions that people have it's it's so much deeper and broader and murkier less clear than than one would think or that one would want it to be so that the oversimplification I see causing a lot of problems in a wide variety of the, within the spiritual community and then definitely outside the spiritual community when you look at politics and things like that. There's just, just this super, um, you know, three crayons at a restaurant sort of <laughs> characterization of people or ideas or problems that need solving. And it's just not helping anyone. Um, and it's, it's used against those that are doing the best they can with what they know to, to really try and make progress in a certain area. So that's, I find that extremely unfortunate because there are some problems that, that need to be addressed and they're not going to get addressed with this ridiculous oversimplification of, of people and situations. I love that awareness that came in, Joe. I actually had a, 
a download. I guess the best way to call us a download. I don't know what to call these things anymore. <laughs> But it was involving just that, and it was the awareness that we can't really get to the simplicity of thing unless we understand just how complex things really are. Mm-hmm. And it seems so paradoxical, but it's so true. And I think that I think it invites in compassion. Yes, for lots of us, and and that's a big phase that's coming up through me right now. And I think so many of us are being invited into a deeper level of compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, because from that space, again, we give honor mm-hmm. to the individual expression, to the individual light that we're all emanating through our own paths. And I'd love it if you maybe share a little bit more about that, mm, maybe. about that individual, the, each individual's lights and, and their complexity, if you will. I love that. Yes, I'd be happy to. And Metatron's like, I can help with that one too. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> we're in. Okay. So when you oversimplify the light of source creator, right, within it, within oneself, within yourself, or anyone that's watching or listening to this, there is a temptation to manage it in a way where you can do X, Y, and Z and, and get this result, like if some, you know, cookie formula, you know, cookie recipe. And then when you get an outcome that doesn't that it doesn't match what you thought it would be, there's a sense of, oh, I'm not powerful then. I'm not a good manifester. Can I be, can I be a little controversial? Yeah, with you please, right? yes. I just want to throw it out there because mm-hmm. I see it all the time and I'm getting even more, less tolerant of it in my field, whether I'm right or wrong about it, it's my right for right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm hearing these opler simplifications in the spiritual and personal transformation community. Mm-hmm. If you this process, this technique, you won't be in anxiousness anymore. You won't be in anger anymore. You'll start break. It's like, hold on a second. <clears throat> just works for that one person, or they had temporary success because they just landed. And they're teaching it now. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that's the solution? Because you're not landing there. That means there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And I don't buy it. So the cookie recipe is awesome, but really, I mean, personal development and spirituality, how it's being taught. Um, through the mainstream and believe it or not it's mainstream that we're teaching it through yeah it is we've just made it a box of the mainstream Mm. is wanting to create the solutions that people are feeling excluded from if they can't succeed in Mm. and maybe the reason they can't succeed is because it's harder than they are giving it credit and that the so-called re- positive results that someone else got isn't because of the system or the formula that they're sharing with you, which is another way of saying exactly what you said so well, John. <sighs> so let's just, I just feel the, it feels good to just sort of sit in that truth for a minute, that it isn't what some of the experts are maybe telling us it is. It isn't as easy as some people are making it look. And the true, the true reality that a lot of people that are wildly successful, they can't tell you why. They don't know why. Right? And I just, I feel my heart just swelling with compassion for so many people in, in this amazing <laughs> tribe <laughs> that, that gathers and hangs out with you, John, because Think of how many people had the expectation that if they just do things right, 
then they'll be, they can be an abundance teacher. They'll have so much abundance that they can teach others how to do it, right? Um, I, this is really uncomfortable for me to say, and Isis just said, what a great reason to say it. <laughs> okay, then. Mm. Um, I have come across abundance teachers that are misrepresenting the level of abundance they have. Oh, yeah. There's such dishonesty in that um, and inauthenticity. And I, there's this whole fake it till they make it sort of idea and the coaching programs that they're selling are probably so, um, so adequately priced given what they're promising. That doesn't mean that they can deliver it, right? That they, they're, they feel like they're on their way to you know, multi-high six-figure, mid-six-figure income if they if they just sell a couple of those packages well. Um, and then the trickle effect of follow-on business and things like that. But to, pre- to pretend that you're an expert in something that you're not yielding results at or that you don't have demonstrated mastery in this reality with, to me, is just the ultimate charlatan. I just think it's really, really sad. Um, I do believe they're doing the best they can with what they know. I just wish they would be more honest with themselves because I think there's a lot of self-deception there about how much they're helping. And if without them, then their clients would be in a, in a real world of hurt. Um, so that's a problem. Another one that I see, <laughs> Isis just said, since you're being unpopular, just go for this next one too. Um, there's another one that I see that really, really bothers me, which is if you dream it, you can live it. Oh, yeah. I've oh, had heap conversations about that one recently. Yeah. And it's just like yeah. it, it makes me sick to my stomach um, because it's coming from people that I actually know and I'm not friends with, but friendly with. And I'm just like, really? Come on. You know, because I, I sense with my intuitive abilities that people are actually believing them when they say that. That, oh, all I have to do, well, hey, I've dreamt that. That means I can have it. It's it's not that simple. So not only in spirituality, but also in non-conscious, you know, focused communities, there's this, oh, again, related to this oversimplification. And it's causing so much stress because the whole premise is, is messed up. And there's this sense of, yeah, if they would just do this, then we'd be fine. Or if we, if we were just allowed to do this, then, then everything would be great. See, and it just, it's so polarizing. It's so madness making. And it's really keeping our eye off of the real, where the focus really should be, which is you are your light no matter what's going on with that. Right? No matter what the current state of your financial, you know, financial status is or isn't, no matter what your relationship status is or isn't, no matter whether you have well-adjusted children or any children or not, there's just so many um, conditions we've placed on what it would look like to be a master um, or abundance or an expert or whatever on earth. And all of them are messed up. All of those are flawed. And my favorite example literally is Yeshua, right? And I feel him right here. He's like, remind him I was a carpenter. Like I actually built like tables and cabinets and 
chairs and steps for people, walkways, right? Raised walkways. I actually used wood and a hammer and, you know, other tools at my disposal to create things that people needed so that I would get the money I needed to, to pay my bills, to, to feed myself when, when, you know, cause Mary Magdalene came from wealth, but that doesn't mean the money was always, you know, right there on the day they needed it. Um, so this, we just have such a screwed up sense of what light works, what light looks like here. And then the level of hate and shade that Yeshua received while he was on the planet. I don't, I just don't understand the, the illogical nature of so many people, especially in a community like ours, that you'd think they would, they would be like, well, yeah, I mean, Yeshua was killed. I mean, and he worked as a carpenter. I'm pretty sure he wasn't like, I was born to be a carpenter, you know, as he's, you know, sawing the wood going, this is why I'm here. This is my purpose, you know. No, it was a means to an end, an end that mattered to him and to the family. So, and to the community that he operated within. So it's just like this, and I get so frustrated. I'm just ranting now. Is that okay, Joan? <laughs> it's all under the, it's all under the, the purpose of your your light anyway. So I think it's still good. Um, there's also these really unfortunate and I think harmful predictions of what the new earth will look like and what things will look like when when all of us get our hands on you know this reality and our human the human grid system and the you know the plasma energy body and all these things. There's all these expectations of what this earth will look like. And every time I see some, I come across just randomly somebody's prediction that, you know, well, none of us will have day jobs. We'll, we'll be paid, you know, a set amount of money because you won't have to work for your money anywhere. Just, you know, little things. Everybody will be healthy. Um, no one will even need doctors. I'm like, who, where are you looking? I mean, that's not even earth. I mean, it's just like, I, I feel like it's a, it's some inserted messed up distortion program to keep us off of the reality of what is in this, in this world, in this bubble. And I just find it so tragic because you create that expectation in somebody that the, that it should be. It's, it's like if you took a very low income uh, child and then you showed him a house and that was just like their wild streams of a house. And you said, now, if things go well by 20, this could be your place. It's just like uh, based on a lot of like really specific things going right. Yeah, that could happen, but it's not likely to happen. So to, to plant that seed of, of if we do things well, that should be your outcome versus the very modest you know, situation they may be in with 15 family members in a two bedroom um, you know, very, very modest, uh, you know, no carpet on the floor, bare, bare baseboards. Um, sometimes heat works, sometimes it doesn't, you know, no plumbing in the house sort of situations. People still live that way, even in the USA, by the way. I think people don't know that. Um, there's just this distortion program and it makes what you have totally unacceptable. And what a great way to get disconnected from your light is to act as if your light is not where you are, or that our light is not the way in is not present in the way that the earth currently functions. There could be, I mean, that's such a that's such a huge lie, because the light is within all life. It's not situation based. It's not condition based. It's not effort based. Um, it's just like, wow, what a way to bypass all the grace and all of God's love and all of God's 
uh, genius of beauty and natural inherent sovereignty that was pre-wired into this reality. And we're just ignoring all of it and looking at things superficially that a lot of us had said didn't matter, but we're acting as if it, it only matters. I just realized that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And we put ourselves in that prison and you said this word several times of expectations. Yeah. It's mortgaging our happiness now for the potential of happiness in the future. Yeah. Oh, and then facing something that is so elusive. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, man. So we're way off. I mean, not, not we in this conversation. <laughs> but the idea that our light is somewhere other than where we are, to me, is just the, the most depressing idea ever especially when you compound it with the fact that some have been devotedly like studying and seeking and investing in programs and all these things. And they still feel like their light is down the road or off to the center of the left, but it's not where they are because they don't see it because they're, it doesn't look like how they think it should look. Or we glimpse it. We glimpse it temporarily. We get into such a state of hope and receiving that hope that we have this experience, this pinnacle experience of something that alludes to its coming end. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to continue on this journey. But again, it spikes and then it goes away because again, we're living future-based instead of being in the current in the current moment, in the yes. current reality. And, oh God, I just got a first applaud. <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. And the happiness also as a, as a proxy for the light that the spikiness is also the fact that, and related to what you were saying right, right before that as well, that they've had spikes of feeling, and this goes back to the original, the light is not something you connect to, the light is what you are, whether you feel connected or not, right? So the spikiness also comes in because their sense of what the light is, is not them, is not their state of being and not their history. They, they feel like the light is missing and void and they have to go get it. And it's, wow. I mean, that's, that's a recipe for failure is what it is. So no wonder that somebody can feel a temporary high or, you know, like I have this with clients all the time. I, you know, 10 years ago, I had this experience and they're still reliving it because for them, it was their most tangible evidence of the connection they're feeling like they connected to. And I'm showing them, no, 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 that's, that's actually what you are. And there was, you know, and then anyway, anyway, I helped them specifically with the rejoining with those vibrations and essences, because they're not looking for a needle in a haystack. It's a haystack filled with needles. It's all light, right? But you have, it does help to know what you're looking for. And I love to help with that because, <coughs> sorry, I've got this little allergy cough going on today. Um, and God has just said, I, I, and always, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when we reorient our expectation of who and what we are, then we should have more happy moments and more connection experiences. And I want to say more authentic context for when we don't feel it, that that doesn't mean we were doing it wrong. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. So how do, we, how do we connect with this part of ourselves? How do we... <sighs> keep inviting ourselves into that state of flow that, um, that's the light that we are, mm -hmm. always. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, such, I love how you worded that question. It's very sophisticated, John. Because I can't answer it over simply. <laughs> Whenever we get to the how, we want to invoke your creativity and your curiosity and your sense of engagement in building that solution, creating that solution. Because the, the part of the human spirit, especially a devoted, like I wanna do this right sort of person, mass, which is masterful, the way that a human from that context can say how, there's an expectation that there's some solution that if they just had it, then they would get it or move along or integrate it or connect to it, whatever. And the truth of the matter is that there is no one solution. There is no one answer. That means that it's not being withheld from you. It's not being um, built for you. you. You sort of, in a messy feeling, messy sort of way, you sort of create a system for yourself to be the light that you are. So the way that Jill does that is with a lot of grace. She gives herself a lot of humor when it doesn't go the way she wants it to. And she doesn't try to overanalyze it. And she does not try to oversimplify it. So we would love to be able to answer your question in a, oh, well, it's just one, two, three, here we go, right? But we know, especially based on the conversation you're having here, that that would be disingenuous. That would be inauthentic. So in other words, the how, it's something you make. It, it isn't there yet. You put it together yourself. So it, it will naturally be individualized. It will naturally look and feel very different than most of the people around you. And that's been another um, sort of game in, in this is that everybody, if they're enlightened, will look and act the same way. I mean, Jill got a comment on her Facebook or on her YouTube uh, channel from a video from last week, a podcast, and it said, and it, you could tell the person was really wanting the, the reader of the comment to know that they are very enlightened, very masterful, that they're a teacher too. And it said um, something like, I don't know why you wear makeup at all. When I, when I went through my activation, um, you know, all these years ago, um, I stopped wearing makeup. And the insinuation was, if you're really enlightened, why are you even bothering with makeup? And it was, as Jill read it, she so wanted to just get in there and go, well, let me tell you. <laughs> but we encouraged her to just let it sit there, right? And maybe be annoyed by it and want to clarify, but also just, just let it be, just let it go right? She was choosing to focus on that part of a message that was, it wasn't even about makeup. I mean, she still doesn't do makeup how-tos. <laughs> so it was just like, why is she even talking about this? Why is that? What, why is that? Why is that what she's raising up? So Jill let it go. And then somebody else answered um, within a couple days and they said, maybe because she wants to. <laughs> and it was just like, ah. <laughs> I didn't even, and I was stepping into here, Jill. I didn't even have to do anything. So the how is not one thing. It can't be done for you. It can't be handed to you. Even if it is somebody else's solution, you will need to customize it yourself to fit and suit your individual energy field. 
because everyone's version of light is an individual expression of their eternal self. So what looks effortless and easy for one person would not only not work, it would be unnecessarily hard for another person. So giving yourself permission to maybe make it feel messy, let it feel messy. Mastery is about creativity. And sometimes when you create a new recipe for something, it it doesn't go well. But we encourage you to have your assessment be how loved are you feeling by source creator God with whatever that is? And how loving are you feeling of everybody else in this reality? Wow. Beautiful. I can feel that opening up as you started to bring in the response to that and the energy to that. Thank you for that. Mm. Um, And it takes us into invoking freedom, which is part of the conversation today. And the freedom of that light really being set free. You said about feeling that love from God. And it's not judging how the love is showing up, but it's actually (coughs) the love. We're about putting it into its containers of good, bad, and different right, wrong, all these other things. But I really feel like there is a personal flow for each one of us. There's this divine mm-hmm. grace flow that we each get to experience um, and acknowledging and being in innocence mm-hmm. with the different waves of that flow is what ultimately brings us that freedom, that liberation from that suffering. Uh, I want to judge and control all aspects of our reality to try to create one specific sensation that we call either feeling happy or joyful or peaceful. Yes. And, and the freedom, like you talked about, is when you stop looking for an answer and you start creating one, and then you adjust it as needed by your personal standards, that's a completely liberated, sovereign way yeah. of, of going through life. And it can pertain to anything and everything and ev- anything and everything in your life. And that's where I really feel like we're heading. So even mm. in the world where there's all these teachers, I believe that the time of the teachers transitioning into mm. that really we're all becoming guides for one another. And as we embody our own unique expression of this liberation of these programs, we can't help but to guide from that authentic place what's possible based on our own experience. Right. Oh, that's so true. And I know that I know that in your in your work that you do, aside from BTO, aside from Beyond the Ordinary, and I know it's true for me too with the work that I do with, you know, their fellow spiritual spiritual practitioners that are that are some of your clients and some of my clients. It is so. Um, it can be hard when you you're putting yourself out there to the world as well. I'm an expert, or I'm a master level soul, or there's a sense of um, there's a temptation to not be as real and authentic about some of the things that maybe you don't do so great <laughs> or that you're not so good at, right? Um, or that your thinking may not land well, especially, and I think this is more true, the bigger that somebody's successful business is, the more hesitant they are to offer something that they've never talked about before, or maybe even more scary would be contradictory to what they've said before. So it's, um, I feel very blessed 
<coughs> in that client work with fellow practitioners or you know those that are already you know sharing their gifts etc made those choices to say as they're sort of um, as their team is pointing out other layers that maybe they're not addressing as clearly in their work and then they'll say something and I say did you say that did you say that to the retreat participants two weeks ago and nine times actually 90 times out of 100 it's like well no no I didn't right. why not you know and that's a and there's no wrong answer there but it's like why am I not sharing what Jill and I are talking about right now is my truth how would that not fit because a lot, there's so many rationalizations. Oh, well, they're not ready for it. How do you know? Let them decide what they're ready for and what they're not. Yeah, it's amazing. It, a lot of my <laughs> sharings have, have been sharings from personal circumstances and all that. Mm. And I find when I've opened up to that and I've become mm. more and more comfortable this year <laughs> during the last year or the year before and all that, it's like that, that authenticity and what we're what would once be called vulnerability. Mm. Because, oh my God, you're so vulnerable. I can't believe you're sharing that. Thank you so much. I can relate to that. That's really often. Yeah. It's not vulnerable anymore. It's just, I'm just sharing my experience and, and just to share it. Just to share it. I can't even say in the hopes of providing something. It's, I'm guided to share my experience with you. And if it resonates with you, then there's something. <coughs> if not, then there's not. I and love that. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was no. You continue. That was really. That's really. I'm. I'm hearing what you're saying at a really nice level. Go keep going, John. <laughs> but what also comes up in the energy field is that there's a holding back from sharing, um, from those again, quote unquote, vulnerable parts. But there's also a hesitation. I I sense from a lot of people of sharing of what they are receiving and not sharing from that wider perspective, from that mm. place of their light that they're afraid other people can't receive. Well, no, I can't have the conversation. No, they're not going to get it. No, it's not comfortable. Right. They're not going to understand me. I've always been the black sheep. All these things that are, um, it's also part of that holding back and imprisoning that light. Yeah. I mean, if there were a mantra in that, I would, I would tee up that it could be, what if today or what if in the next hour, <clears throat> or what if, you know, during your day job or during your client work, what if you let yourself say everything you were led to say? What if you ripped off the filter? And if you need to apologize later, then you'll apologize later, right? That, that you'd be responsible enough to do so if it, if it went badly. But my sense is it, it won't go badly. My sense is that you'll be raw, vulnerable, truthful, authentic, in your light in a way that, that you may not, you, John, but the listener may not have ever really let themselves be because there was this version of enlightenment they were pretending that they were a part of. Oh, I would include myself <clears throat> in that also. I think there's a certain level of accommodation that we've all been mm. trained to acclimatize to during our lifetime here. <laughs> So I, w I would absolutely include myself in that. Yeah. Yes, that sometimes I acquiesce or hold back or filter, <clears throat> as not, especially mm -hmm. as empathic as we can be, because yeah. we're prepared for what's coming back, or so mm -hmm. we think. Yeah. <laughs> You're so good. I'm getting a reading from you right now. High five, brother. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I haven't talked about that. <laughs> 
and, and does it apply? I don't know, but it probably does somewhere. And why am I trying to manage it? <laughs> so good. So fun, right? Yeah. It's, it's, we, we, again, we, we filter and, and I, I think part of, I think there's divine timing and things also. Yeah. And in time also is, again, we're used to having things fit into a certain window or box so that we can continue on to the next steps. Right. And what I'm finding lately is that I've really had to surrender in a way to time than I hadn't allowed myself to before. Oh, that's a big um, You mean age, aging? Well, that also, but also in relationships, in business, and in that of trying to okay. control a flow and force things to happen because of expectations, either of myself or how someone else might receive it, yeah. or whatever support would come in for me or wouldn't come in. There's um, there's a lot of letting go and letting God lately. Mm. And I'm sensing that would lead to more happiness, yeah, and less stress. Uh, well, that's the hope. I, right now, <laughs> I hope there's, there's nothing, everything else that I've tried in, in the past that has led me to this perfect place, <laughs> right? <laughs> has brought me to this crossroads where I can either choose to try to control the old way I was doing things, kind mm -hmm. of sensing how things are going to turn out eventually, yeah. because historically it tends mm -hmm. to repeat itself. I know I know where I'm going based on where I've been, kind mm -hmm. of sort of thing, so I yeah. keep recording and I see the patterns. And then there's this other aspect of, okay, I don't have to rush this. Okay, I'm afraid that this person won't show up or I won't have enough money mm -hmm. or that my health won't come back unless I do this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. And instead of rushing to the solution, I'm ready. It's like your next divine step will be provided in the flow. And I don't have to create that next divine step. Always mm -hmm. sometimes it just shows up for me. I love that. Yeah. I feel the realness <coughs> and the depth of your light and your love as you were sharing that, John. It's a, it's so perfect to what we were talking, what I was, you know, wanting to offer earlier in terms of your light is wherever you are. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and you just modeled that so, so beautifully. And that sense of, hey, right? It, yeah. Talk about ripping, ripping some veils down. Yeah, my daughter was an amazing test for me a few weeks ago. So I mm. went to the island of Kauai and I stayed in her studio apartment. Oh, nice. I was going through this stressful period of, of, <laughs> of, 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 of spending a lot, a lot of expenses coming in, different things that had me going into, it's like, there's not going to be enough, there's not going to be enough, there's not going to mm. be enough. And I was feeling the implications of that. And I went and stayed with my daughter um, in her studio apartment. Excuse me. You know what? Actually, she stayed with my daughter and I stayed in her place. And she pays $900 a month for this little place, which is very comfortable. Yeah. Uh, she works at a coffee shop. She waitresses part-time. She's so happy. She's not stressed out. She's in such flow. And I came back from that trip just looking at her and feeling into her. It's like, wow. Out of everybody that I know, out of a lot of people that I know, I'll rephrase mm -hmm. that, based on my perspective, Look at the flow she's created for herself. Look how yeah. at peace she is for herself. And this isn't one or two months that she's been in this. It's been right. a couple of years. Wow. It's been consistent for her. Oh, my God. And what a teacher she is for me. It's like, what am I stressed out about? Yeah. But I pay for it with 
all the support and all the love that we bring in and all of the different ways that we have taught ourselves to, or that I've taught myself to create with the assist or have been taught to create, why would I get into fear of not having? What's that program? Mm-hmm. When is that I can do this show from anywhere in the world as long as I have internet, yeah, a computer, or a cell phone? Which, by the way, most people in the world don't have. So, how lucky are we to be yeah. able to have these resources? So true. <clears throat> but when we create all the suffering around these stories about what we're supposed to have and what to expect having it and what that's supposed to look like, that again, we we future project our happiness into creating the safety of that when it's right there in front of us already and really we're in fear of losing what it is that we have and how can we lose the lights that we already are yeah. and I think that's the ultimate fear oh that's so big I think that my strategy might be similar to yours in terms of the the accessing accessing the happiness and the sort of the strategy of you know needing a certain thing to go a certain way <coughs> the approach that I use and for me it works really well possibly because you know you have a business background though too yeah Yeah. there's a pragmatism to me that I think surprises and maybe disappoints (laughs) some people so if I have a program or something that I'm super excited about offering I'm like okay well what if it what if it doesn't what if it doesn't go as well as I think it will well, then we would do X, Y, and Z. So I like to have a backup plan. <laughs> I like to have a, oh, well, then, you know, we might not be able to fly first class <laughs> when we when we go on that next trip to Europe next time, right? I just sort of like, oh, and, and what would be so horrible about that? Maybe we don't even go to Europe. You know, that would not be a tragedy. So there's just so many different ways that I sort of bring it back to reality of that's not the end of the world. It's not the end of, of, you know, my light as Jill, if something doesn't go the way I wish it would, or hope it will. And it anchors me back in my light that is more centered, no matter how those things go. But I do like to be practical. So I tend to be super, um, thrifty (laughs) in what I invest in in my business and what I don't. Um, I don't have an assistant right now and I haven't for many years. Um, So there's a lot that I will, all of it (laughs) really that I do myself and could it be done better (coughs) and more professionally? Oh, easy, (laughs) easily. It could be done more professionally or, you know, better graphics or whatever. Um, But it, it is what it is. And I'm not promising a nice slick, polished, you know, graphic image at the beginning of a video or something like that's not me. It's just, I'm not, I don't value that sort of thing. And I'm okay with the fact that some people do. So they want the whole, like the hay house polish, (laughs) you know what I mean? And I'm like, that's great. Then you may not like what I got. (laughs) But but I think you would. (laughs) Yeah. I would agree. And it's interesting, though, because it's also part of the way that we play in the field, those Mm -hmm. different experiences that we choose, again, whether to choose to fly first class or be in this, you know, be in um, the economy seats or different outcomes. It's also, I think, part of our way of bouncing off the field and having responses back on the ways that we explore how we're creating and how we're choosing to. And Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of innocence in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the letting and the innocence of letting go also, we also give our freedom, ourselves a freedom to experience 
and have experience in this life because I think the not knowing is actually doing life. If we already knew, that's not life. That's a script. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. The, the, I guess that would be another sort of flaw that Metaton would point out from earlier. And I would, I would put number five on what you just said, that we're supposed to know how things will go. It's like I, we did a podcast not too long ago that even God doesn't know how things will go. Why are we pretending like we know how things oh, are going to go? I love that. I love that. Wow. It's big. It's really big. Wow. Some, uh, people, are, some people are really upset with that, by the way. They're like, oh, my God. <laughs> Wait a minute. Even God doesn't know? Yep. Even God doesn't know how things will go. I'm so, glad they're upset with that. Get upset for a change. Get pissed off. Let yeah. it come off. Like, come unglued. <laughs> what you put back together is probably more real than pretending that God knows how things will go. And if you just, you know, align yourself or get in a certain zone or vortex, then you'll know how things are supposed to go. And then you can make all the right choices to get where you're supposed to go. No. Well, Joe, let's go to the part of liberation <laughs> and how you're taking people <laughs> into again this awareness of the freedom that we can have by stepping into mm -hmm. and acknowledging the life that we are yeah and so everybody i want to invite you all to go to the special offer link mm -hmm. it's right on angel's picture on the webcast page or go to beyondtheordinaryshow.com forward slash jill19 it'll take you to that same page um and it also by the way there's two offers and one does include a session with Jill, which I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It'll probably bring you to tears if you haven't experienced it before. <laughs> you, have, you know what I'm talking about, and I know you're going to sign up for another one. Um, <laughs> if you haven't, it's it's an experience um, into feeling this aspect truly that's within you as embodied through another energy that's going to show you the part of that love, the divinity that you are, and the wisdom that you hold within you, all channeled and, and probably expressed through Jill. Um, and guides. So, Jill, yeah, we just special offer, please. Okay. Um, and related to the private session thing, <laughs> offer, and everything that we offer, I just want to add the context that everything got really clear for me early on in my accessing my gifts and realizing what I can do here. And another way that I can be Jill here as this was that what they told me is they're all fully ascended. They're, nobody was never not ascended, Jill. And it was like, oh, wow, that's, I'd love to help more people know that, <laughs> right? So the wow. very first part, the one third, the first one third of every session is me sharing on behalf of your eternal self energy, <clears throat> what is so wonderful about your eternal light as it embodies in your human right now. That's a, from what I understand, that's a very different reading <laughs> than what most people are getting, which is. Okay, yep, it looks like you're here to work on X, Y, and Z. So here's what you should do to work on those things. So that's definitely not what we do. We offer tons of strategies and tips, but it's always that sort of quick left door, you know, side door creation um, avenue to help you feel the light that you are more fully in your life. Okay. <clears throat> so with the special offer this time, um, it started with a um, in-person workshop that I offered in my hometown of Boise. And it was a two day channeled event. And I didn't, I don't go in with a script of what we're going to talk about. I had a rough idea and they just immediately, just like a conversation was happening that we just sort of walked right into. We started off at such an expanded level and it was just like, 
okay, this is what it feels like to be treated like a master. So we were sort of hanging on every word of what they were talking about. And as I was then looking back for putting it together for your audience, I was like, what do we even call what we did there? And I played with some different ideas. And what what came to me and felt just like a bell, like a ring in the bell of truth is transcending the reincarnation programs with grace and truth. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So it's their audio recordings that the listener, that the participant gets to listen to. And the level of sort of like a Jenga game, that Jenga game with all these kind of uh, very precarious (laughs) placed blocks, it's in some cases, it may feel for some people like it's removing blocks that have to be there. And then they'll probably, I expect, have the experience of, oh my God, they just showed me another on-ramp to the light that I am. And that truth was in the way. So there are huge aha moments, again, all about setting your light free in your life with the truth, the kind of truth that is true, whether you believe it or not, and alongside the grace. And of course, in the sea of source energy love that we all have available to us, no matter how we're doing or how well we're not doing in in our lives, the love should be there and it is there in these recordings. There's also a lot of humor. But one of the things that happened on day one of the recordings that people may be really uh, delighted and surprised by, they were more specific than they've ever been about actually what happens in the afterlife. From an imagery of what it looks like to the actual trial and error sorts of steps that different beings um, wanted to come back to us and sort of reiterate and sort of pull back the curtain and show us what they lived. And Whitney Houston came through and she came through for you and I when we were in New York City together too, doing an event. And then the other being that came through to describe and give us a, a version of how to get through the afterlife that I never, I mean, I was, I still, I'm just so grateful. And it was Prince, the artist Prince. Wow. And he was a Jehovah's Witness, if I remember correctly, while he was alive. So his context of confusion that he experienced um, in the afterlife was, okay, well, everything I thought was true was wrong. It was really honest, and it was very, um, I think it was very welcoming. That it, it doesn't even have to be based always on what you know, but if you do know, in your humanness, then obviously your light is bigger and brighter and more real and more resilient to what this reality is, actually is, but it does assist you, obviously, in the afterlife. But his sort of trial and error and sharing in a sort of humorous and very Prince-like way, his observations of what the afterlife was like were refreshing and so specific, John. I didn't think we had access to that level of specific. So I was just like, oh, my God. So that part of the conversation was amazing. And then when they were talking about just this whole, you know, the duck and all the, you know, the major paddling that's going on underneath the water and we're just trying to act all chill, like we've got this all all buttoned and buttoned, dialed in, <coughs> this sense of where is the grace? Why are you making being your light so hard? Why are you being so hard on yourself? And where is the grace? Not just that you're accepting for yourself in your own life, and where you are offering it in this reality 
as the vessel of God and the vessel of love and compassion and wisdom that you also primed yourself to be in your reality. Where is that? So in conjunction, it is, I can't remember how many recordings it ended up being. I know we mentioned it in here. It's nine and a half hours. Time will likely stop as people are listening to it. Um, because there is a timeless essence of it. And like all great things, you sort of lose your, your transcending time. Some of us say the term losing time, but we're transcending time in the midst of conversations like this. It activates your mastery by treating you as the master that you are. It helps clear the lies and the deceptions and the mistruths that may be like those Jenga blocks that are not holding up the structure, but you may think they are. And it further reveals the light of source that you are no matter what, not only in this reality, but claiming it for yourself, not just in the afterlife, but as the eternal energy field that you are, it further connects you with that. Now, I can't talk about this program and not talk about Egypt, right? Because the Egyptians, I mean, even when you and I were there, John, on the on the the one that you joined me on, and it was so great to have you there, and what a great group we had. Oh my God, um, <clears throat> we heard things a lot from the Egyptologist, the expert that we were that we hired to give her version of events. Right? We heard a lot that the Egyptians were preoccupied with death, or fascinated with death. They weren't preoccupied with death. They were fascinated by the eternal essence of light. So it's like, that's a very different (laughs) view of things. And it's very clear to me that what we did together with the rest of the group and what many others have done in their journeying as the embodied light to Egypt is further release codes. And I would say further insert codes of ascension and eternal life and eternal light into this reality. So my sentiment, as I'm shown it, is courses like this, I think this one more specifically than anything I've ever done, help set a new roadmap for the light of source within humanity while we are alive and it assists us in the afterlife. And the aha moments about the afterlife, it, it changes everything, John. Wow. 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 How are the people affected that went to the live workshop? Yeah. (laughs) We were all a little uh, celebratory. It felt like, you know, we'd won the Super Bowl. (laughs) Uh, And I felt that sense of, um, I guess, revelry would be the the word, if I'm using that correctly. And I didn't want it to end. I didn't want the first day to end. And I was like, I need to eat. You guys need to eat. Why don't we all just go get dinner together? (laughs) So we sort of... (laughs) Uh, crashed this restaurant <laughs> and made ourselves at home um, as, we, as we could in the outdoor patio and things like that. And it just, it felt, we felt that grace. We felt a relief. We said, we, we felt so unstuck, <laughs> right? The light was like set free, which is how it should be, right? Because we make it so hard. We overcomplicate it. We get in spiritual ego. We get in, you know, we get embedded in other people's teachings and truths, pretending that their way is our way. And it's it's just like, oh, come on, right? So there was a, a good amount of undoing, which felt 
wonderful because what you have when you undo some of that nonsense or jacked up sort of uh, layers and Jenga blocks, you reveal the light that you are. So it's huge. So that was one reaction. And then the other reaction that somebody had, she said, I feel like I just had a two day binge of an audio book. That's the best thing I've ever read ever. Wow. <clears throat> and she's very uh, astute. <laughs> so when, when she said that, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Woo! Right. And of course, it's a collaboration because when, what I know is that with every course that I put together, it's, it's my eternal self and the eternal self of all of those that participate, whether they were there live or in the archive. We're all doing this together. We're all offering little pieces like, oh, don't forget to say this. Don't forget to say that. And that's why through work like this, there is that sentiment of <clears throat> you feel like you're talking. You feel like it's you talking to you. And I think that's a wonderful sign. And I think even I as Jill am really complimented by that because I don't need to be in the way of somebody's revelation. Yeah. Uh, and you couldn't be in the way if we were even to choose that. You, mm. you just don't get in the way. Oh, I love that. It's ego that gets in the way. It's yeah. this need for control that gets in the way. It's this need of judging where others are supposed to be based on what makes us comfortable or uncomfortable that gets in the way. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so when I see you doing that, there's this purity of innocence that's through uh, honoring the light in others. I love how you said that. And I love those words, purity. And I love the word innocence because it can feel dirty here in this reality and we can feel compromised. Um, and that's, that's not fun. Yeah. So I did put together a little checklist. Um, trying to describe what we do is, is not one of my strengths, but I do my best. And I did write this in a very soul-to-soul -soul sort of way. So I do encourage people to really read through this offer and feel for yourself whether it, it feels like the hand it's meant to be for you to step into another version of the light that you are. But I do want to read through these six really quick. So in this series, you will receive the latest revelations received from our eternal selves on the missing truths. Now available for number one, feeling confident in the eternal light that you are, not the light that you are trying to be or working on being. Number two, knowing the truth about what our consciousness experiences after we drop the body. Number three, being prepared for the actual complexity of not just the afterlife, but also life without needing to sugarcoat anything. Number four, clarifying and liberating your light, your sovereignty, your God energy in a way that makes all other ascension, ascension protocols feel unnecessarily arduous and highly incomplete relative to how this reality and how reincarnation programs actually work. Number five, being your light here now with all the amazingness that you brought with you to be in your you in your life. And then number six, smoothly transitioning in the afterlife as all life deserves to do, transcending time and space and unifying directly in the source energy that all life also is. Wow, that's exciting. That's an exciting program to participate in. And those messages. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. It got 
take advantage of that. Jill, how much is it for um, that first offer? What about so the, the first session? offer, package A is $177. So if you if you want to do the Transcending the Reincarnation programs, it's the nine and a half hours of recordings. It's 177 USD. Um, I think the dollar per hour <laughs> and the untold value you'll feel in your life, it'll not only, I mean, I want to save you money on other things that you may have been chasing. Some have invested so much money in their spirituality, John. This is like, this is a deal. And it could set you free from feeling like you need all these other things that you may otherwise be purchasing in your future. Right? Right. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes a lot of sense. It's a two payment option on that loan that we offer through PTO. So it makes it really accessible. That's great. Uh, once you sign up, you guys will start getting the, are the video recordings or audio recordings? They're audio recordings. And I, <laughs> excuse me, I'm so sorry for my cough, you guys. Um, one of the reasons I like the audio recordings, I feel like with a visual recording, <clears throat> it does have a different level of emphasis on me. And the visual. And I do believe that there is an activating quality to the visual of, of someone and what they're bringing in and what they're assisting you with. But in the audio version, it's another level of you going within yourself. And it lets you hear it as you more clearly. So they're audio recordings this time. I like that. I like, I like to that you do that, that way also. Yeah. Because um, it, does, it does take us with it. And also, <laughs> time does tie in that sense to fly. We're working on it. It doesn't seem like we have to set the space. Right. Feet. There's like the sense of liberation <laughs> and um, ability with that, which allows us to relax into different stages of being comfortable. Exactly. And so I, I think it's wonderful. Thank you for doing it that yeah. way. So that's $177. And yep. then the 30-minute session hmm. plus the package is how much? The With the 30-minute packet, with the 30-minute session, it is 267 USD. So that's a that's a pretty good savings because that's like a five hundred dollar value and that's probably under underestimating the value anyway. <laughs> but the thirty minute session, the way I like to do that because I do offer sixty minute sessions too. When you buy package B, which are unlimited supply, um, there is a coupon code that you get that's basically worth a thirty minute session. So for those that want to do a thirty minute session, they don't know anything else above. If they want to upgrade to a sixty minute session, it's super easy to do so. Excellent. Yeah. And I record every session. I offer you a digital recording because I know that there's things that will surprise you in a good way <clears throat> and that you'll want to listen to it again and again and again. There's well, I've so gone much back there. and listened to our sessions over and over again. No, and so there's always, oh, yeah. And I forgot about that. And it's like, oh, thank goodness this came up again <laughs> in the context. Awesome. There's all over time as we integrate because to think that we absorb everything all at once. Um, it's wonderful that we get to re-experience the same energies in different ways and that we have the perspective, again, to reflect back on to go, oh, and it ignites something further mm -hmm. within our field of awareness um, by revisiting that and having those emotional mm -hmm. um, and truths flowing in for me. So that's wonderful. Again, guys, take advantage of the mm -hmm. special offer. Um, package A and Package B, Package B, 30-minute <laughs> private session with Jill. I highly recommend it. I love my sessions with Jill. Mm -hmm. I reach out um, consistently enough with Jill. It's like, hey, I need some help or I need some clarity or help me bring in something or my state is confused in this way or I know something's shifting and I need just mm -hmm. 
a resonant frequency to get me to a vibrational truth within myself and it brings all of these things in again through that love through that grace through the innocence uh, through the not knowing and again it allows us to get to our knowing and the expression of our knowing whether it's somebody else's truth or not it's our truth and that's what matters most and that's what we're being called to mm. so the session will take you to that and so much more um, take advantage of it again. We have a special offer button for go to beyondtheordinaryshow.com forward slash Jill19. Jill, I'm curious if you can, I know we're running a little bit over, but I, I want to get into reincarnation and what reincarnation is to you, your awareness of it, mm-hmm. or even if that's part of the illusion. It definitely is part of, <laughs> part of the illusion. Um so nobody had to reincarnate. Nobody had to incarnate this time. And that is a radical truth to a lot of people. Because a lot of people would rather believe that they would not be here by choice. <clears throat> they don't want to feel, it appears, personally responsible as their eternal self for having been here at all. Because in some ways, yeah, I says thank you. And Mary Magdalene is helping with this part too. In some ways, to say that you willingly incarnated here can feel to the human psyche and the human consciousness like you are condoning the pain, the violence, the disconnection, the deception that happens in this reality. And that's not true at all. There are so many reasons why eternal self-energy would incarnate in this reality. One easy one is to be an example of source energy, of God's light, love, wisdom, grace, healing, comfort, in a reality that doesn't have enough of it. So you intentionally got to where you are and there are huge upgrades when you decide that for yourself that you as your eternal self you actually knew what you were doing not only that you incarnated but that you incarnated as you and that you incarnated as you now wow so yeah exactly <clears throat> so, um, Metatrons is just saying, Jill, say, say it your way because you have a way of making it perhaps more digestible. Karma and the, the idea of successive incarnations that build up to an evolved human, right, an evolved soul, was a guru figure's interpretation of why there is pain and suffering, why some people mess up, and why some people don't. It was one guru at some point along the way who was a demonstrated and uh, recognized master of light who was trying to make sense for itself of why they had the access they had and why most people didn't. So their interpretation was, oh, I must have had a lot of lifetimes and I'm super savvy in this reality because I figured out all this stuff from a lot of experiences here. 
that was a hypothesis. That was a theory that became fact. The truth of the matter is, and they just didn't have access to this or maybe didn't want to believe it was true, is that there are some beings that incarnate with a natural sort of pre-wiring to be a version of light that is exceptional in that timeline and in that reality. And then there are others that incarnate just to see what will happen on earth if they incarnate without much of a plan, without much of an expectation, and not a thought to spirituality or enlightenment or consciousness. That's not why they're there. So some people are sincerely curious about what happens when they forget that they're God. And earth is one of the few realities that actually allows for that experience. So, I mean, as you kind of contemplate this, this uh, updated kind of awareness of, oh my God, no wonder there's so much pain and suffering in this reality, because we're interacting with people that have a completely different value system. They're not holding themselves accountable for how they're making people feel. They're not here to make the world a better place. They're here literally with a, like a sole purpose of forgetting that they're God. That's not exactly a plan <laughs> that, that you or I or most in a group like this would incarnate with. But we're interacting, we're living side by side with these folks. So I don't know about you, but my approach then is to be very aware. I want to be very um, present in my energy field. So that when I come, even like, you know, the, the light turned green, but there may be some, you know, uh, partially embodied energy that's not quite all the way in their own bodysuit that they may go, oh, it's red, whatever. And, you know, maybe they're high. Who knows? Anything can happen in the road, right? They may blow past that red light and hit me and hit my family. So I'm extra savvy, like a ninja, <laughs> in this reality because I'm aware and alert to the fact that not everybody's like me. Right. It's, it's, I think it's really immature, um, naive, and unfortunate and harmful to expect that everybody has good intentions in this world. So anyway, that's how that came up, though. That's how the entire unfolding of reincarnation and karma and past life, you know, clearing and you know, upgrading to the next life and this sort of Hindu and Buddhist, right, sort of spiral, spiraling of human incarnations. That's how it came up. It was a theory, John. So interesting, right? Yeah. So interesting. And the theory that keeps us in boxes, that yes. keeps us placing, oh. keeps us forward projecting again, like I said earlier, mm -hmm. mortgaging our happiness in the mm -hmm. hopes of something in the future and shutting down the light that we are now. Yeah. And we're probably shut it down for ourselves, but we actually invite other people into our play. We invite other people into that. So we tend to huddle mm -hmm. together. It's like, hey, let's do this and let's shut it down for the hopes of this and this other thing. Yeah. Um, and again, when we choose to speak up, when we choose to be vulnerable, when we choose to, again, speak from that very authentic space that you alluded to earlier, we allow that, line to, that light to really beam through. And in that, we can be in wonder where it may lead us. Yes. But this whole control thing obviously hasn't been working, at least for most of us, in a way that's been very satisfying. So I think y'all know it's it's time to 
experiment and, and play with. Exactly. Um, and wonder with something different. Create a new solution, one that works better for you acknowledging and living and feeling personally personally responsible for the light of source that you are right and to me responsibility is not like a burden it doesn't make you a slave it it means you are responsibility somebody uh, reverend Rhonda smith said it responding to your abilities that's all that is i love that it's not a dirty word uh, yeah ah so good jill this been wonderful say everybody the replay the video replay and it'll come in audio also so you guys can come back and listen in audio if you choose to do that uh we are we'll be out a little bit later this evening um you can always access replays by going to beyond forward slash replay or you can just watch for the email and know that it'll come out i think jill's going to post it on her youtube channel as well so we'll have access to it and of course jill's special offer that i highly encourage you all to participate in it sounds so good jill i, I can't wait to hear from prince what he has to say you had me a prince the second you said that <laughs> my perspective is like ooh, i've got to listen to that so that's gonna be fun um and going into it nine hours wow um yeah that'll be a fun saturday and sunday afternoon exactly um workshop for me but again guys Click on the special offer button or go to beyondyourneryshow.com forward slash Jill19. Again, we've got the nine-hour weekend Boise recording that took place. That, you know, according to what you're saying, magic was happening. You got mm -hmm. lost in um, this construct of what we've been the time. Um, that's the first offer. And the second offer is that plus the 30-minute session one-on-one -on -one with Jill, which I highly recommend always. Um, and that's available to everyone. Well, I know those special offers and sessions are limited, so y'all sign up if you know that you want that. Don't delay to make sure that you get under rotation and get get booked quickly with Jill. Bring in those special offers are there for you guys to take advantage of. Jill, this has been awesome, fun as always. Thank you so much. You, you, you're looking wonderful. You're so glowing. There's something that's coming in from you. Uh, there's a peacefulness. There's this sense of relaxation that's mm -hmm. flowing from you. Thank you for embodying that. I really feel that so many of us are heading down. I know personally that's what's opening up for me right now as I let go. Because it feel, feels like there's a transition of letting go of these control structured mechanisms and being set free. And, and I think you're marrying to me what's possible. So mm, thank you for that. It's an honor. You are so welcome. And thank you so much, John. It's always an honor to be here. I love interacting with you, of course. And your audience has a very um, sophisticated, very wise way about it. So I love offering, um, I think, next level resources, master level resources, particularly um, in a group like this, because it, they're just, there's a hunger for it. It's just like, yes, this is what we've been waiting for. Yeah, it's wonderful. Right. So thank you. And you get to throw those fast pitches to people who can hit it out of the park, which is also awesome, right? Exactly. That's a great metaphor. Perfect. <laughs> so great. Well, again, thank you so much for being here. Thank it was you. a pleasure. And thank all of y'all who are watching and listening to tonight's broadcast. It's such an honor to share this space with you and to be um, in this expansive portal um, by this shared frequency that we hold together. So thank you to each and every one of you. Um, I look forward to seeing you on the next call. Have a great day.